This is At Home with the Oregonian. I'm Lizzie Acker. Each week we check in on some of Oregon's favorite people from a safe and responsible distance. Follow The Oregonian on Facebook or YouTube to watch these conversations live. Uh, And Dr. Esther Chu is my guest today. She um, is a doctor at OHSU, an emergency room physician and associate professor. And you might know her because she's had some very cool or cool. I don't know if cool is the right word. She's had some good viral tweets. (laughs) Good in terms of actually horrible, but really shining a light on some racism and sexism and that you faced and that a lot of people face, but not, but, but also now um, she's working really hard to educate people about, you might've heard of this thing we're going through called coronavirus, (laughs) COVID-19. And um, yeah. So hello, welcome to my parents' living room. Thank you for having me virtually into your house. Where are you today? I am also in my house. It looks like a studio or I flatter myself. It looks like a studio, but it's a screen that's up in front of just a plain wall in my basement. Well, it looks cool. <laughs> it looks it looks thought out at least. You know? <laughs> Are you doing a lot of uh, Zoom calls and online things these days? Yeah. Yeah, I really am. Like uh, much of America, I've just learned, I've had to have a crash course in, um, in figuring out the, the online uh Zoom meeting um, and interview and media appearance in every way. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Be sick. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just a tickle in my throat. I hope. Maybe my yeah, I know. symptom is on air with, um, with the Oregonian. But <laughs> every day I wake up. And, okay, what is it? What is it? Can I smell the tea? Can I like... <laughs> yeah. That tells me I have psychological COVID, you know, because like every time I get a little tickle in my throat or I sneeze, I think... Allergy, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody thinks that I had a headache. We were just talking about, I have a little baby and she's been not sleeping very well. And I'm not been sleeping very well. And I've had a headache for like two days and I'm like, or <laughs> it may be that I'm not sleeping. But on the other hand, <laughs> exactly. Especially because the symptoms are, you know, are myriad. So it's, almost yeah. you know, you have a stomach ache, you feel nauseous, your taste seems off. Um, you know, almost it could any- literally be anything. And it also seems like there's so much we don't know about it that it's like, well, maybe this is, I don't know. And and the thing too is, uh, you know, since we've heard so much about asymptomatic spread and you think, um, you think this could also be COVID feeling great. (laughs) I I feel too good almost. Yes, It's the most evil of viruses. Well, so um, I guess I wanted to start out with, I, I kind of tweeted about this, but the other day I wrote about, um, masks. Masks have been a big thing. And I know even your Twitter handle has something about masks in it. Um, and I have been getting so many emails um, about from people who are saying that masks are actually unsafe and nobody should be wearing masks. Or, I mean, I'm simplifying their argument, but yeah. could you tell me your thinking on masks? Yeah, I'm definitely pro-mask. I mean, I think all things being equal, a mask will, um, if, if people wearing masks is a better public health idea than not, um, particularly mm-hmm. since opening up um, really a little bit ahead, um, in some places a lot ahead of, uh, of, kind of best pra- public health best practice. So I think 
we should put everything else in place to try to protect ourselves and others. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a body of behaviors. It's not like mask, no mask. You know, it's unfortunately right. a bunch of things. It's we're not going to gather in, in large gatherings. We're going to keep our distance. We're going to space each other apart at businesses. We're going to wash hands still, like in general, look for masks, you know, and it's, it's actually, um, from what we know, it's actually less about protecting yourself and it's about protecting the community. Oh, you know what? Somebody's saying I'm hard to understand. So I'm leaning in a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, I'm like, I can't, I can't tell if it's me. Yeah, so, you know, I don't want to be the one who was thoughtless and spread it. And, you know, and I may never know that. Um, and yeah. I can just walk around and uh, infect a bunch of people and be the one that actually seeded uh, an outbreak in my own community. Um, and just the thought of that is too much to think about. So I just, you know, I ask people actually to think about others because I, I think ultimately people are very community minded and don't want yeah. to harm other people. So, yeah, I think so too. I, I think it's um, interesting. I, I don't know where I saw, you know, something like you, I can't explain to you why you have, you should care about other people, but that's it. Like, it's not, it's not just about you and, even in this time where we're all like really separated, really, I don't think I've ever experienced something that's so about like everybody else, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, we're really doing this for, for people we we're never going to meet, you know? And I actually love that sentiment. And I think most people um, feel that way. I mean, if you look at national polls and things like that, I mean, I know in the news, we see these really extreme things of people right. in yeah. I need, you know, I need this service. So, you know, forget whatever. You can't take that freedom from me. I think the vast majority of people are like, I don't want to get sick. I don't want my loved ones to get sick. I don't want to harm others. So let's, let's play it safe here and go slow and tell me what I need to do to help. I mean, yeah. I, I also, I get some, oh, every now and then I get these messages like you do. I haven't put out an article about face masks. So I haven't got a ton yeah, of have yeah. something that's a little bit hostile. But I'll say the vast majority of messages I've gotten is how can I help, you know, which is yeah. I mean, more, more messages like that than I can answer. But how can, yeah. I, how can I help my community? What's the best way to, um, to help this effort? How can I support health workers? I mean, it's just that far out cases, the messages like this is about me right. and how dare you put these messages out. So, um, yeah. And, you know, as a whole, I feel really optimistic about people really wanting to do well by their neighbors and their communities. That's a good thing to remember, I think, because I, 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 we used to have the comment section. We don't have the comment section anymore. So I, I used to be like, okay, I'm going to get a lot of comments and they're going to be, some of them are going to be mean or they're going to be really like racist or, you know, they're going to comment on my body or whatever. But it's just such a small group of people in this in the world that feels that entitled <laughs> in that sense or like that is mean it's most people aren't thinking mean things. They just aren't writing them down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. And I'm guilty of that myself too. When I see an article I love, I generally post mm -hmm. nothing, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. it's not offset by the many people who think that article mm -hmm. valid and made sense. So yeah. Probably yeah. Do a little more of that. Right. This is a reminder for everyone watching. If you see something you like, just email the person and be like, that was cool. <laughs> Cause I always love those emails. I'm like, Oh, that's so, such a nice, nice thing to hear. Especially when it's not from like my mom. Right. But, <laughs> um, well, so 
are you are you still going into are you working right now so in the ER yeah so you know I'm in an emergency room and uh, I mean while we're there uh, I mean things are different in the ER but for us nothing has changed you know I mean our schedule mm-hmm. is exactly the same and uh-huh. we're still oh, gosh. seven and uh-huh. uh, yeah still going into the ER and then but mm-hmm. everything else that I do outside the emergency room has really moved home so I'm also mm-hmm health services researcher and that most of that can happen um, from my home and on the computer. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's how, a, how are you um, dealing with going into the hospital and staying? Are you, are you social distancing from your family at all? Or how are you guys yeah. navigating that? That seems really hard. Yeah, I was prepared to, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we were sort of talking through this. My husband's also a physician and we were talking through what should we do if the case mm-hmm. loads you know, and, yeah. um, you know, because we, organs by and large been successful at flattening the curve. Mm-hmm. And so we do see COVID patients, but we haven't run out of personal protective equipment. They tend mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, it's like a trickle, like one at a time, two at a time, right. testing patients that we think have COVID. And so um, I've never felt, um, I've never felt unsafe at work. And mm-hmm. so I have this really elaborate procedure post shift, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I take mm-hmm. it of clothes um i you know i'm wearing protective equipment the entire shift i kind of decontaminate after my shift um in that while i'm still in the hospital so i kind of wash Mm -hmm. carefully up to my elbows and then i change my clothes um i leave the clothes that i wore in a shift at work um and they just go into the you know the dirty scrubs there and then i come home and i go straight into the shower you know so my kids will come to hug me and i just won't touch anybody until i Mm -hmm and taking a shower, I remove those clothes because they still were in the hospital and I put them directly yeah. through the laundry and I wash them in hot water. And yeah. and then I can engage with my family. Um, That's I, a lot. It, it's a lot to do. It's definitely more. I mean, I used to just come home, you know, right. on the couch and hang out with my kids. Um, but so it's it's a routine. It's this, this procedure that takes some time. Um, yeah. It's kind of you know, it adds to the length of my day, um, but it certainly feels like the minimum that I need to do. And then I'm just super vigilant yeah. about um, about my symptoms. Yeah, I think we were talking about we we actually have spoken before. We we did a video like a Facebook Live like it seems like a hundred thousand years ago, yeah. but maybe it was March. <laughs> it was like I think it it's it was probably March or February. I'll have to figure out because I know the first case in Oregon was February twenty eighth. And, um, we actually, I actually know someone whose kid went to that school and I, I like was pretty after that, pretty much like not seeing anybody. So I don't know if it was before that or after that, but, um, we were talking about not touching your face, I think. So now I keep thinking like, oh my God, my glasses are so crooked for some reason. I think my baby probably did that. I'll blame her. And, And we were talking about how do you get your kids not to touch your face? And well, I think that was the first uh, week in March because okay. I took that uh, call. I did that Facebook Live uh, at mm-hmm. work, and we. Um, mm-hmm. I stepped out of a meeting to do that. We were still having in-person meetings, so wow, that was before the world changed. You know, that was before school yeah. was down. That was before we all went into our homes to work. And yeah. so, I mean, that was uh, probably just two months ago, and it really was like, yeah, I was sitting in a room with a whole bunch of my colleagues. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's an unimaginable thing right now. Um, Yeah, I know. I I mean, there's like 
good things. Like I don't have to rush like commute, but then I'm like, I actually really like my coworkers and I really like bouncing things off of them. You know, like it's not the same on Slack as it is being like, Hey, what is, you know, just turning around and asking somebody a question. Yeah. And you know, I really feel sympathy for that. I mean, I think, um, People always think, you know, the healthcare workers want to close, want to keep everything closed, and you know, regular people want to open. And it, it's not like that. At all. I mean, I I feel very lucky that I work in an environment, so I'm, you know, I have to go to work. I'm a frontline healthcare right. worker, and my work involves going into a place where there are a ton of people, you know, because we still have. Yeah. To oh yeah, I get to. It's a. It's it's almost like this. Um, <laughs> It's a psychological, like therapeutic thing to walk into the emergency room because it's a crowd of people, you know, and, yeah. and secretaries and environmental services. And there's just this, um, we're so happy to see each other because we came from our home, yeah. um, you know, and, yeah. and we are in a crowd of people. And, and in some cases, you're working shoulder to shoulder, like touching another human being who's not related to you because um, yeah. you're working shoulder to shoulder in a trauma or something. And, and just that, Proximity to people feels incredible. And I yeah. walk out feeling bad that other people don't have that, that you don't get into what, you know, to walk in and um, have, we're not exactly hugging, but you can't. I mean, you can, because you're, short, you know, you're, you're all down. Right. I'm like, I actually was fully gowned up and I looked at my colleague and we were waiting for Obama to come in and he was fully gowned up. And I was like, I can give you a side hug here. Because we're <laughs> wearing complete. <laughs> walk in and I side hug and it felt like <laughs> totally it felt like you know uh you know like sort of like bad thing, but but and, and <laughs> we don't get to do anymore that we never even appreciated two and three months ago and so yeah think about you know everyone who is um has jobs where where they get to just completely stay at home and i i appreciate yeah. how isolating it, it is right now and i know it's yeah. hard and um yeah i want to i want to get people back into you know, situations where they can have social connections with their, with their peers yeah. as soon as it is safe to do so. Yeah. I, I'm taking uh, my baby who's almost eight months old to the doctor tomorrow. Cause I, we pushed back our six month thing. And now I'm like, I got to get those shots, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking this morning, like, wow, the doctor's going to touch her. And that's going to be the first like non-family member that has touched her since she was like, a different person, you know, cause she was five months old. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what's she going to do? She's going to be like, first, everyone's in masks. You're giving me a shot, which is not cool. <laughs> and strangers are touching me, but yeah, it's very kind of crazy. Well, before we like wrap up or anything, I want to have, you know, some more fun questions I want to ask or fun. I don't know if they're fun, but, um, Oh, actually, before I forget, I got to ask you, we're asking everybody I interview to say congratulations to the class of 2020. If you want to congratulate them, you don't have to. If you think that they're slackers, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, if maybe you have like some advice you would give kids who are graduating this year. Yeah, congratulations to the class of 2020. And we're talking about at all levels, right? Whoever at all levels. Yeah, I think this is for high school kids, but yeah. Congratulations to the class of 2020. Oh, I mean, as far as advice, I just think that, um, I mean, this is really going to be the classes defined by this global pandemic. And I think what our young people will 
uh, just have this instinct about is all the people who are kind of left behind when we have a crisis mm-hmm. like this. So, you know, uh, we really had to think about it. But I think um, young people will just instinctively understand that if we don't build a society and a system uh, that is designed to protect the most vulnerable, um, that in times of crisis, those people uh, will really suffer. And that's not who we want to be as a society, because that includes our, our elders, you know, and their memories. Right. That includes our youngest people, you know, who we always want to protect. Um, and uh, and I think um, I think that young people will be very wired to look for the societal inequities and figure out how we build a better world for uh, that doesn't have uh, as many gaps. So that's my charge to them and my hope for them. Uh, that's great. I think that's good. that's a good one. Okay, so these ones are the sort of silly questions. Well, I don't know if they're silly, but um, I'll see how many. I'll ask you a couple of them. So um, I don't know if you have, but I guess I have bought some sil- crazy things. We've been buying some crazy things. <laughs> What's the craziest thing or the most surprising thing you've bought um, during this coronavirus lockdown? Oh, <laughs> you should see, I, you know, I don't know if I've actually pulled the trigger. What's on my wish list in Amazon right now? I have some oh, wow. things in there. I have okay, big, what is it? I have a very big trampoline and I have a very big, almost like circus-like tent. Um, just because I have about a million kids, I have four kids, <laughs> um, you know, in, in my house and they're driving me nuts. And I'm trying to figure out how to get them out of the house and to use yeah. their energy in positive ways rather than in total destruction. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I can't imagine an ER doctor saying that she might buy her kids a trampoline. That is what it's come to. Tell my mom about this. (laughs) I know. I know. Like you're never, ever getting on a trampoline. It's the definition of desperation. (laughs) Yeah. You get on a lot of energy that way. Um, What are you, have you watched any, like, I guess for kids, maybe this is unfair to ask you if you have like binge watched any shows that you especially wouldn't have watched otherwise. Yeah. I finally watched this show that was filmed in Portland. You know, I'm in the stretch where I'm really in love with Portland and I so appreciate all the things that I can't do right now. Right. (laughs) That I can't eat and the restaurants I can't go to and the comedy clubs that I'm missing and all those things. So um, Grimm is um, is really, I mean, it's, I think there's general appeal, but if you're in Portland um, or know Portland, Oregon, then it's really special because every episode drops a little something. So somebody will come to, it's um, it's basically like a police procedural show. You know, it's, um, it's yeah. a, there tends to be a murder mystery every single time, but the overlay mm-hmm. that there are monsters um, living among mm-hmm. us, we just don't see them. Um, and, uh, and it's, was filmed in and around Portland and they'll, they'll have somebody come into the police department and bring voodoo donuts for everybody. Or they'll say, Oh, you know, <laughs> I was at a, a, a gala fundraiser for Dornbecker children's hospital last night. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, and um, uh, what's the other, there's another one with a, uh, that comedian from Saturday Night Live. I'm going to forget the name of this one, but there's. Oh, Portlandia. Oh, yeah. Shrill. Shrill. That's the one. Shrill. Shrill. When I finished Grimm, I was looking for something else that was um, that was filmed here, and so I just started. Mm-hmm. Show, and that is um, brilliant and funny it's and so good, yeah. and um, really, yeah, I'm really into. Mm-hmm. It. So those are my binge watching. Those are good. I, I feel like Grimm. Maybe I should watch that because I have been watching. My our most insane purchase was a um, exercise bike off of Amazon. Amazon at like the very beginning of this, and actually the best purchase because it's the only place I can go to be like completely alone. And I've been watching true blood, but I feel like Grimm might be a good, 
addition to that. Real creepy, um, but yeah. also really fun. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Okay, and um, what is the first thing you're gonna do when this is over? When this is over, who knows when that'll be? We can bring the baby's gonna join us now for a moment. Oh, hello, baby. Oh, she. Only interacts with people on screens now, so <laughs> she's like, she thinks that's where they are. Hello. Yeah. All right. Okay. The first thing, I'm gonna hug a baby. Um, I, yeah. I, I want to go out to eat. I do. I want to go to a restaurant and sit there and have a nice meal. That's that's my goal for. Uh, to me, that will be the signal that things are are going yeah. to our new normal. Yeah. Okay, and the last thing, and then I think it's almost time for us to go. But the last thing is, is there anything that you found that's like maybe good about this? Well, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of silver linings. I mean, I think it was time to have a, you know, from the healthcare perspective, I think it was time to have some hard conversations about, uh, you know, about healthcare access and how we've designed a system to take more people uh, where they are, you know, and make healthcare convenient. I think this um, transformation into a, you know, a largely telehealth platform uh, while we were trying to keep people at home is something that should never go away. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that, that was tremendously convenient for people. It's how I saw my primary care doctor. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of questions that come up about even the design of hospitals. You know, how do you expand capacity quickly? How do you um, double or triple capacity across the country all at once? How do you make it so that we don't, when we need to scale up materials and medicines and things like that, um, we, uh, you know, we're able to do that, um, right. uh, you know, supply chains for, for PPE and other things. I think there's a, a lot of questions about how we have built this healthcare system and, um, and how it, you know, there are just kind of cracks in it everywhere that people fall mm-hmm. through. Yeah, we're being forced to address it now. And, um, and so I, I think that in, in addition to what I mentioned before, just people really showing how much they want to give to others during this time. I mean, the generosity, uh, you know, I, just, I get these packages in the mail. Um, people just send face masks. They find, you know, 95 masks in the mail, and I just find them on my front stoop and or, or they come to my office. Um, I've had people send me vitamins. Kidding you, like, the kindness everywhere. Um, I believe in humanity in a way that I think I just needed to see. And it's, yeah, that's really awesome. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, you can help spread the word by telling a friend or by leaving a rating and review on Apple podcasts. Thanks.